Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Woo. Let's go. Y'all need to sit back, listen, enjoy the vibe. Tip something, light it up, enjoy the ride. Cause the Sports City Chefs is on the night. In the kitchen cooking up, they on the ride. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City Chefs. Sports city, sports city. Yes, Lord, we got a brand new present. Joe Biden, we riding, I pray you haven't seen. Word from the wise, my people stay ahead of Come on, I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements. It ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling it. Case goes from cold to hot, state evidence. Kaboom, sports city chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports city, sports city chefs, chefs. Uh. Hello, how you doing today? I hope I find you feeling healthy on this Tuesday, April 19th. You are listening to the Baseball Buffet brought to you by the PHI Apparel Company. This is Dave here with Nate and you, but only if you call us at 929-477-2759. Again, that's 929-477-2759. And as always, the Baseball Buffet is brought to you by the PHI Apparel Company. And the PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philly. And again, I'll say it every time, that's what they told me to say, but it doesn't matter where you are. You can get your PHI Apparel uh, Company apparel anywhere you are you'll stand out in the crowd and if you use our promo code chefs that's c-h-e-f-s you can get 15 percent off any apparel when you go to p-h-i apparel.co i'm looking at it right now i see they've got their uh their apparel ready for the um for the baseball season they got a cool new phillies bomb squad uh shirt out there with the uh some of their favorite jersey numbers um at all parts of the field and uh i look at it I see a baseball diamond. I see, well, it's actually home plate that's featured on the shirt. Um, but speaking of home, we are home here with my good friend, Nate. Uh, Nate, how you doing, buddy? Good evening, Dave. How are we out there, everybody? I am looking forward to another slate of West Coast baseball for my for my boys. Try and get back. I am doing. Last night's game. <laughs> I hope you're doing well, though, guys. I'm doing... How are we doing? I'm doing terrible, Nate. The uh, Yankee, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, you know, it's so funny, man. Uh, we'll get into it later, but uh, Garrett Cole went two innings, not even two innings today, and uh, he just continues to be a uh, money hole. And the excuse, part of the excuse why the Yankees couldn't do anything this offseason, the other reason they couldn't do anything this offseason was Aaron Judge's contract situation. But let's not dive too far into that. I see we got – uh, another caller on there. So how you doing out there? Wait, I now for whatever reason my browser is being weird. Uh, who is out there calling from seven oh three? Yeah, roll talk. Um, here's the deal, sir. Here's the deal. Not only did you take my spot, you know what I'm saying? You don't remember my extension, you know what I'm saying? So I'm with you to try again. You know exactly who this is. What's up, big homie? How we doing tonight? I'm doing. How you doing? How you doing, serious? Good to hear from you. Likewise, man. Likewise, man. Uh, man, we got a you know we've we've now got a solid couple weeks into the season. We got a chance to really get a flavor of some of these teams. You know, you never know. You could go back to the the standings two weeks into any sport, any season, and it's 
Uh, you know, it's never a final say, but you definitely start to understand teams are good. I mean, you know, even though they're six and four, you know the Blue Jays are going to be good. You know the, you know, I don't, I don't think I quite saw the White Sox starting off six and three. Um, I mean, not a big shocker that the Rangers are, are the Texas Rangers are in the tank, just like the Cincinnati Reds and the Arizona Diamondbacks and that crazy NL West. Um, but it's been it's been exciting. I mean, I, I I'm sure I speak for the two of you guys when I say, wow, it is there's just something you know. And and before the season started, guys, and tell me if you disagree. I think one of the beauty pieces of baseball is it's just it's it's comforting, right? It's so nice to know the weather's turning nice. You know, we're out. I'm out here in Connecticut. Uh, Nate, I know you're you're out in in the Chicago area, so it might not be as warm out there as it is here. But we're definitely hitting temperatures in the fifties, sometimes the sixties. You turn on the TV, there's a ball game right now. It just feels right. How do you is, there, is it is it just me or is there just something comforting about knowing that the weather's turning and baseball's on? Right, Nate, do you, do you feel me out there in Chicago? It has been so hard for me to focus on work for the last like two weeks because the sun has come out last week. The weather was really nice and warm. And then this week we decided to get really cold again, but it's still, the sun is out. I know the baseball is being played. And I get through the, I sit through the entire day at work. I'm like, okay, it's 12 o'clock, seven hours until first pitch. Let's, let's get through this. Let's go. I just want, you got to get that baseball back on the TV. Oh yeah, it's, seriously. You're right. How, you, how are you it's enjoying it? A glorious feeling. Okay. Curious. You. Not there. I'm there. That's live radio for you, people. There you go. But no, honestly, man, it, it's weird because I'm sitting right now. Um, we had snow yesterday. Um, I'm sitting right now at my home dues, uh, flat football game and 43 degree weather. Um, <laughs> it's cold out here, um, in the Metro DC area. Um, we've had a couple postponements, uh, to, to nationals and, and Orioles baseball due to mother nature, doing a mother nature type thing. So, but I mean, all, all, all jokes aside, I mean, it, it's real good to turn on the TV and see see baseball. Um, you know, you mix that in with a couple other things that you know is going on in the sport world, and it's a beautiful time, man. We're sitting here at the in the middle of April, man. We just celebrated Easter, so you know, for me, you know, the, the weather starts to turn, and you know, you see baseball and you see kids, you know, picking up Easter eggs and you know, all that type of stuff. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful time, man. It's a beautiful time. Oh, yeah, man. It's beautiful. I mean, especially down in, in the D.C. area. I want to, you know, there's a part of me that, that, that loves that kind of idea of it being a little bit warmer, a little bit earlier. You've got the, like you said, you got the O's down there. you got the Phillies. I think when you're in the D.C. area, too, you still get some of that spillover of the Yankees and the Mets and, the, and, the, and even the Red Sox fans. Just kind of you, you feel it all over there. Uh, so, man, it is, it is exciting. And, uh, yeah, I'm 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 pretty psyched as uh, you know the Orioles not not doing too well. I'll have Nate chime in on that. The Nationals right now are sitting at five and seven, and um, you know I mean even you still get some of the Pirates. By the way, the Pirates are five and five, and and making deals, which to me I think has been one of the most surprising headlines. Kind of you know because we're, we're the season started, and I feel like we've been seeing a couple contracts handed out by the Pirates. Um, and even, uh, you know, the, I think I saw the, the, the Rockies making some moves. It seems like teams are, are, are more apt, lower, lower market teams right now seem to be more uh, apt to make deals at this time of season, which I find interesting. But I want to take a quick moment and uh, ask you guys, each of you guys, well, I want to start with Sirius on this one because uh, I know you're, you're out there in the cold, so you gotta you got to warm everything up. So let's warm up the conversation with your thoughts on uh, what we've seen early on in the season. Is there anything that's jumped out at you, Sirius, um, you know, a, as we begin the season, good or bad? You know, there's a, there's a couple things that jump, jump out to me. Um, first and foremost, you guys understand and know that I'm a Yankees fan, uh, so I, I, I'm just going to start there. Um 
this whole situation with Garrett Cole and the pitching and the fact that um, we can't, you know, sustain leads and hold on to hold on to leads late in ball games is it, it, troublesome to me. And I understand that um, this is a a marathon and not a sprint. But at the end of the day, there were no significant moves made this off season to to to, to bring in any type of solidified help. Um, to the pitching rotation, um, you really didn't do too much, if anything, to help out your team as far as bringing in guys uh, for for skill positions and things of that nature. So the fact that we are currently right now sitting at five and five um, and just lost a, a series to the Baltimore Orioles, um, in my opinion, is, is a little troublesome to me. Um, other than that, I believe that the uh, that the Dodgers, you know, are as good as we thought they were. I mean, we, we, we didn't necessarily think that they would win anything short of 100 games. And with, with the Dodgers getting off to an 8-2 start out, out the gate, um, that's, that, 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 that's great. I thought the Mets would be, I thought the Mets won the division. Um, and so the fact that the Mets right now are sitting at 8-3 and three, um, after their uh, wins earlier today, um, beating the San Francisco Giants um, is great. I'm not going to put too much stock in the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, as you all know, I am from Pittsburgh, born and raised in Pittsburgh. Um, have my family is still back home. My dad is a Pirates fan, and um, so I do kind of keep an eye on what my hometown team does. Um, and this is honestly for me is more par for the course. They do start out pretty well. Um, you know, they 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 start to get you know, the, the, the fans to, to, to believe and to think that this could be a magical run type of season. Um, and yet, you know, by, you know, Memorial Day, you know, July 4th time, you know, the, the wheels have come off the tracks um, and they're nowhere to be found. Uh, one more thing I'll allude to, then I'll stop talking. Um, although this team is 5-7, and seven, I do like what I'm seeing out of the Washington Nationals. And for, 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 for the sheer fact that they're competing, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're 5-7 out. They, they, they won game one of the doubleheader today, beating the Arizona Cardinals 6-1. Um, and they're leading the Arizona Cardinals right now in the nightcap, one to nothing going in the top of the eighth inning. So, for, for me, I, I think that even though this is not the quote-unquote sexy team, they're not picked to necessarily make a deep run and win the division or things of that nature. The way Dave Martinez has this team playing ball, um, you know, 11, 10-plus games in, um, it's something short of for a second, and i got to tip my cap in for that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, listen, I, 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 that's some great observations. I want to – Nate, I'm going to make you a hold on a second with those thoughts because I know you have a lot of thoughts in the early part of the season. But I got uh, – I just want to tell everybody that my guy Mike is on the line too. Mike, how you doing, buddy? What's up, everybody? Uh, definitely curious to now, hear uh, Nate's thoughts, and I definitely have some as well. But what you got? You ready to ask something? All right. Well, no, I was going to say, uh, how you doing? I just, you know, make sure you're doing all right. You're doing good over there, Mike? Yeah, man, I can't complain. We got baseball, right? Like, uh, and so, we, we, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, now we have some live action to talk about and something uh, and something to go on. So, I'm excited that uh, the, the baseballs are flying and, you know, there's a smell of popcorn in the air, the crack of the bat, and all the good stuff that goes along with baseball season. Uh, um, it's definitely a good time. Peanuts and Cracker Jane. I love it, man. Uh, all right, so so I, I'm going to give Nate his turn. Nate, what are you? Uh, what do? You, what were your early observations? And then, then why don't you pass it over to our good pal Mike? Yeah. We, we, so I'm going to kind of pick it up. You know, where Sirius just left off with the the his impressions of the Nationals. I'm going to take that. I'm actually going to run and obviously let my bias play out here. I've been very happily surprised with the Orioles. Now, yes, we're you know, the Orioles are only oh god. Uh, what are we? What are we? Three and three and six, three and seven. Yeah, we're three and seven. So they they've won three games, but here's the difference: they have the fifth best pitching staff in baseball through these ten games. Their pitching has been 
surprisingly good. There's only been one game where the Orioles have not been in the game, and that was game three against the Tampa Bay Rays where they lost 8 nothing. They've been way more competitive than I think anybody thought they would be. And, you know, we touched on the Pirates, and, you know, you mentioned how they're hovering right around 500. I will point out that they are currently losing 4 nothing to the Brewers in the top of the sixth against Corbin Burns, who is just mowing them down. So they're going to drop another game. But the other thing that we need to consider, even in these small sample sizes early on in the year, is who are these guys playing? So, yeah, Pittsburgh's right around 500. They got absolutely destroyed by St. Louis on opening weekend, except for, you know, they won the third game 9-4. to Other than that, 9 nothing loss, 2-6 loss. They, the Pirates lost their home opener to the Cubs, then they turned around and they beat the Cubs in the next game. And then, you know, they took three out of four from the Nationals. And for all the talk, to, for, for everything, and serious, I love you, man. And I, I appreciate that, you know, you got to, being in the D.C. area, we got to talk up the Nationals a little bit. But I have a very much, I, I want the Nationals to go back to Montreal, personally. But, <laughs> I mean, this Nationals team, they're also sitting around 500, but they just dropped three out of four to the Pirates, like, these guys are they're playing some fairly soft schedules and they're you know yeah they're 500 so that you want to see the franchises and their fans get behind these franchises but let's be a little more serious about who these guys are playing i mean yeah the Orioles were 3 and 6 3 and 7 but our our first three series so far have been Tampa Bay probably a, a favorite to win the AL East the Yankees we think they're going to be a playoff team, although based off of how we started off the show today, maybe not. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we get into the show. And uh, the Orioles' first home series of the year was against Milwaukee, who you know we're expecting the Brewers to be the team to win the NL Central. So we're we're not. There are definitely so there are definitely issues with every team out there, but I think we need to keep in mind who these guys are playing. The other big surprise with the Orioles to me is just how anemic their offense has been. I think, I forget what the actual stat is, but at one point they were like 7 for 77 with runners in scoring position through six or seven games. They're just, it's almost to the point where if if you get a guy on base, just go ahead and walk him over the second because you're going to strike out the next three batters. But, hey, it's a long season. Stuff's going to happen. So that's that's my early season impression. You, you could always you could always just walk the bases loaded if you're that afraid of a certain you know guy at the at the plate, right? Yeah, you could probably put a you could probably put an Oriole runner at third base and he won't score. In fact, that happened exactly twice in the Orioles Oakland game last night. They had Jorge Mateo at third and decided to run the contact play. And when they were down five one in the eighth inning, they had Trey Mancini at third on a medium to shallow depth fly ball and decided to have him take up and they didn't score either of them. So Well, what did you think of the uh of the Corey Seeger? I, I actually I wanna go around the room on this one. Because uh, that I don't wait, Corey Seeger was walked with the bases loaded and I don't know if you guys have seen the clip of Mike Trout. Uh, look, looking on as Corey Seager was walked again with the bases loaded in the run. I, it was just that was literally. I always think of that as the as the Barry Bonds play. Uh, man, that was crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's just just a lot of the intricacies of baseball that have been been coming up. Um, you know, actually, actually before I before I I, I dive into that, um, I want to give. Mike a chance to share some some early thoughts and then I want to go around the league um, and uh, there's a couple of topics that I want to talk about but 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 uh, Mike g- give us your thoughts on the early parts of the season and uh, I want you to I want you specifically Mike because you're you're really in tune on some of these things but I want you to tell us who is the biggest disappointment so far all right so Calm down, Yankees fans. It's it's okay. Uh, that this that offense has plenty. Of, I... That that <laughs> offense has plenty of uh, that that offense has plenty of good players. Uh, they're going to be fine. Uh, I think that it's got to be Milwaukee or St. Louis, right? Like in that in El Central, we know it's going to kind of be. I mean, honestly, it's probably going to come down to which one of those two teams gets better uh, pitching. Uh, 
Cincinnati is fairly uh, Cincinnati in that division is not very good, but they do have at least uh, a couple people interesting worth watching. If Sintel can play, he's fairly good in center field, and then Hunter Green setting radar guns ablaze. Uh, the other night with his major league record of 39 pitches of 100 miles per hour out of his 80 total in his start. That's that's just sick. Um, so that that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Also, um, so locally as a Braves fan right now, I'd say Eddie Rosario. He started one for 20 after a pretty good uh, postseason. So uh, that that's a little slow right now as far as. Um, I feel like 10 games in, 12 games, whatever we are, 10, 12 games in, uh, it's really um, very, very early to for sure say something um, as a disappointment. But right now for, like, free agent signings, guys that, like, jump out to me that are off to slow starts would be, like, Trevor uh, Trevor Story, Eddie Rosario, couple other guys, uh, you know, the White Sox has not even seen Lance Lynn yet because he got hurt, so um, there are definitely some free agents that have um, that signed pretty good-sized contracts that have yet to really be able to perform at at optimal level. I'm seeing what I kind of uh, expected out of the Mets um, and what I thought that we would get from them. I I don't know that there's really any major like that this early on I would I don't know that I would say there's really any major major uh disappointments out there that just that just really jump out at me right now. As we uh as we continue talking, I'm sure one, at least one or two will come to mind. Trevor Rogers didn't look good his first time out for the uh for the Marlins either. But I you know, there's still so much uh plenty of time to get going and still kind of very early on people just kind of easing into the season there's nothing right now that jumps out at me that just says oh this is glaring this is uh this is a crazy disappointment yet so okay mike let me let me um i know you said calm down yankee fans i will not calm down and i will beat the same drum i i beat last year where my big problem with the Yankees is, in in large part, kind of their, their roster construction. Um, and I think we're seeing, you know, my big thing last year was that the team was built to um, be a summer team, right? In, in, in my whole, you know, a majority of the season occurs, you know, when the weather's warm out. And right now we're not seeing Yankee hitters do what they need to do. I, I'm going to put the pitching in the backseat for a moment. Cause actually, overall, the pitching hasn't been too bad, except for Garrett Cole, who's probably their third best pitcher right now. But we'll touch on that in a moment. The The hitting isn't isn't quite there, and they also keep trudging out different lineups. I think it was uh, Stanton in game four or five. Uh, they had to sit him because of just the way the, the – and I'm going to use the word rotation here for hitters, but it seems like that's what the Yankees are doing. They have – um, you know, a very specific rotation for the hitters. They put a lot of math in there for lineups. They take absolutely zero consideration into who's hot and who's not. Um, they just put out what the spreadsheet tells them to. And, and I'm, in, you know, I'm a data and analytics guy. I mean, that's, that's my literal job, you know, data, data analyst. But I think these guys who are running the teams, your Cashmans or whoever Cashman is employing, they have – They've taken a lot of the spirit out of the game, and and I think that's what really makes baseball work in the um, in the grind, right? You know, in a, in a one game contest, I am all for mathing it out, putting out your best your best foot forward. But you know, over the course of, of a season, this just this process is not going to work. It'll win you ninety games. It'll win you ninety to ninety five games. But when you're facing the best pitchers, it's not going to cut it. Uh, and speaking of cutting it, Garrett Cole right now is just straight. There's no other word for it. He's a disappointment. Am I going to call it a failure? No, absolutely not. But he's just not living up to the hype, and he really hasn't been ever since the crackdown on the sticky stuff. Now, I, I believe I was uh, among the minority. I don't necessarily mean amongst this group, but I think the sticky stuff should be legal. It's not like steroids. It's not like it's hurting anybody. Uh, if anything, I think pitchers should have – you know, it should be it should be like encouraged, sort of like a, a rosin bag that's out at the, the the pitcher's mound. 
Um, but you know, I do think the Yankees aren't aren't a disappointment yet because you're right. You know, but you know, uh, Mike, I think you're you hit the nail on the head. It's early in the season, but uh, it, it's just it, it's got the shape. I'm gonna use football as an example. It's got that smell of a team that's gonna go. You know, nine and eight. I was gonna say nine and seven. Forgot about that extra game. But like nine and eight and losing this first or the second round of the playoffs, and that was their ceiling anyway. I don't think this team. This team has a very uh, high floor, but it's also got a relatively low ceiling for that payroll. And that's the thing I'm gonna go back to is the payroll. Um, you know, for for what you're spending on this team, you should be producing better. But I think there's just been some really not great decisions, and the Yankees have held on held on to. Uh, young players, those baby bombers that didn't pan out, like your Gary Sanchez's. You could have theoretically gotten more from him, but at the same time, uh, you, the last thing you want to do is, is get rid of a catcher and have him explode elsewhere. So I, I just think roster decisions kind of coming out to haunt them that, that started, you know, four or five years ago are, it's just, we're, we're seeing, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it, it, we're seeing the returns on that investment not be so great. Um, so I, that's, that's kind of my, my takeaway, my disappointment. Um, and I am also very curious to see where, um, this, the, 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 uh, roster looks like in Toronto where a number of guys probably will not be able to play because they're unvaccinated. Now on to, uh, a little bit more on the field stuff, um, I want to ask, you know, as we're looking around at the at the scores and everything going on right now, you know, right now I'm showing the Yankees are, are still ahead of the Tigers, 3-2 to two with Tigers I don't expect much out of. The Cardinals are ahead of the Marlins, 5-1. to one. Um, you got the Rays ahead of the Cubs, 4-3. to three. All these games kind of right in the middle of, of, the, of the day. Um, what I want to ask you is what do you think we've learned over the last couple of years, uh, specifically talking about the – uh, seven inning double headers and the ghost runner. Is there any part of you that kind of misses either of those, or do you think we could have learned something that maybe we can apply going forward? And I want to also get your thoughts on this pitch clock that's incoming. So, serious. I, I know uh, I know you're out there. You're cold. So uh, let's get those vocal vocal cords warmed up. What do you think about some of those rule things that we've learned over the last couple of years with the ghost runner, the double header, and the incoming pitch clock? Because I personally. I'm a big fan of the pitch clock, but I'll, I'll let you guys uh, speak on that first. Serious, what do you so think? So for me, um, for me, I, I'm, I'm also a big fan of the pitch clock. I think that, um, you know, pitchers get up there and they do whatever they need to do to kind of throw off rhythm and change timings. And, I, I, again, I, I'm a big fan of the pitch clock. The ghost runner, I, I, I think that is elementary. I think that is – something that we did when we played when we were kids and uh, we used that for kickball and anything else. And I, I think at, at this point, at, at the big league level, we should leave that alone. As far as the seven innings, um, honestly, in my opinion, if it's not broke, why fix it? I, I like there being a conclusion. I like them playing um the full duration of the game, you know, I, 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 I'm going to use a, a, a saying that I use a lot when, when talking about football. Um, if you do not want the seven innings, um, doubleheader or whatever the case may be, then, you know, either figure out a way to, you know, play it another time. Um, but this is what you signed up for, you know. And for me, I am not a big fan of, shortening the game because once again a lot of these games are you know three to two four to seven you know whatever because it be and you really don't get going until the, those middle to late innings so if you if you take a while to get yourself going or something pops or whatever because it be I just, I just don't feel like you know cutting a game at two innings short is smart you know so that's kind of where I'm at with it yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that, Sirius. Uh, the whole – I mean, it's a, you know, baseball is a game, in my opinion. Um, it's the, the point of the game is to get 27 out. That's why you're playing it. That is the goal, uh, is, to, is to get your 27 out. So if you're doing anything other than that, 
Uh, you're not playing baseball. It's kind of like uh, some people feel about the college football overtime rule. It ceases to be that. Uh, I, I have a lot more I want to say, but I'm going to let uh, I want to let uh, Mike tell us what you think. What we've learned of those rule changes. Um, did it make you even in some ways appreciate certain aspects of the game more? And and definitely, Mike, I want your thoughts on this incoming pitch clock. Yeah, so no, I I definitely agree. I. I I'm not a fan of the seven innings. It gets late really quick in those. Um, so I like that they've gone away with that. I thought they were still using the ghost runner in extra innings this year. I think they're still putting it in a second, aren't they? Yeah. Um, they, and they I are. mean, That's going away next year. Yeah. I mean, I can Sorry, see, right. I can see how it shortens. Uh, I mean, I can see how it helps with, with pitching late or whatever. I, I do think you should uh I think you should earn it. I I you know, hey at least we're playing playing about the same rules and everybody get, is getting a, a bite at the apple or a shot. So um I'm I'm probably more okay with the ghost runner than I am seven inning no hitters. I mean seven inning double hitters. But um I I think um I don't really like either one of them. As far as the pitch clock, I am a big fan. I think that there's a lot of gamesmanship. I'm kind of a fan of the three batter rule, where when you come in, you have to face at least three guys, and you're not having that uh, stall where you can make a switch with every pitcher. I think that baseball needs to continue to push the action. I think they need to continue to keep people interested and engaged. And I think that Implementing that pitch clock is a way to to try to do that and some of that stepping in and out and all that kind of stuff. Like some of it's okay, but it can be it can definitely be over the top, and we need to keep the game moving. Yeah, no, I don't um, disagree with you on 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 any of those. I think pace of play is very important, and I think in a lot of ways that's what uh, football has managed to figure out in a lot with their their play clock. I mean, the play clock has been in there forever. But, you know, with the way people operate really their lives today, I don't mean to even speak to young people. I just mean people in general. You know, what football does is they, they almost tell you, like, listen, you got a couple seconds, check your phone, whatever, and then tune in for the next play. And I think baseball is going to give you that same pattern, that same rhythm. Watch the pitch, see what happens. You know exactly when the next piece of whatever is going to happen or within that. Because you also know if you get a 20-second pitch clock, the pitch is going to happen on you know second, like, 17 or something like that. Uh, and then if, if you add a couple more seconds with a runner on, you know, you kind of you'll, – you'll figure out the rhythm, and I really think that will help baseball. Um, Nate, what do you think of the uh, of the rule changes? And, again, I thank you guys for correcting me on that. The ghost runner is still in place this year and the pitch clock coming in next year. Um, but have you felt any different kind of watching the game now with the full nine innings, and uh, do you want to see that ghost runner stay in place, or are you really happy to see it go? I cannot wait for the ghost runner to go. I, I hate that we play a full nine inning, 27 out baseball game. And then all of a sudden now we shift to completely different rules. And now we're playing situational baseball to see who can score first. I, it, I, I said this last year when they instituted the rule and I kind of felt this way when we started this rule in the pandemic season, it's, a solution to a very rare problem. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sure I could look this up and figure it out. On average, throughout an entire MLB season, I'd be willing to bet that less than 5% of major league games actually go into extra innings. And the ones that do go into extra innings, they're probably going to be finished by the 10th or 11th. It's a very, very, very rare circumstance where you get these games that are going 15, 16, 17, 18 plus innings. And it's, it's news when it happens because they're so rare. But we institute this new rule of, oh, well, we just got to put a guy out on second and then somebody's got to knock him in and then that'll get the game over faster. Why? It wasn't, it, they found a problem that didn't need to be fixed. And I understand, Dave, you and I went around on this a couple of times last year about how it adds a little bit of extra excitement to it, but you're changing the entire nature of the game when you get to extra innings. I I hate that about it. I love 
the pitch clock. I think the pitch clock is going to be good for baseball. It's going to be good for everybody outside of the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox because everybody else seemingly, as I'm watching the games, kind of moves. It's only when you get into the Yankee bullpen that we decide we're going to slow down and take 45. I swear to God, Rolders Chapman took 45 minutes to throw three pitches to end the game against the Yankees, <laughs> against the Orioles the other day when he came in. He so, walked. So he walked in the winning run, and he took 45 minutes to throw the pitch. The Yankees and the Red Sox are the biggest offenders of pace of play in my mind. And, like, all these rules that are about pace of play, for some reason they don't apply to the Yankees or Red Sox when they get enforced. I just don't get it. No, I, I, I completely disagree with you on that, just to be fair. I mean, yes, I, I think they are easily <laughs> the biggest offenders, but I do think it's it's – I mean, okay, here's something, Nate, I know you, you might want to want to kill me for saying this, but I do think this is one of the main reasons that soccer won't ever be big in, in, in this country. Uh, is part of the reason we love football is because everything is very, very uh, literal. I mean, you know, I'm speaking to a lawyer here, and I think in a lot of ways we, we look at football and you follow by the letter of the law. There's really little to no guessing. They've tried to take as much interpretation out of the rules as possible, and there's still so much interpretation in baseball. I think if you, you – know, for, for, and I'm, I'm not saying I, I like it. I'm not saying I'm for it. But what I am saying is if you want the game to grow, you want to capture new and more audience, what you have to do is, is take some of that out of it. And that, I think, the pitch clock gives you that mental, okay, this is exactly what's happening and this is when it's happening. And the next thing you want, the next natural step of that, again, which could get me, you know, murdered in some places, is uh, I think an electronic uh, strike zone. I, I think is the other thing because you take out that interpretation. Um, now the other, another baseball purist I know is Mike. Mike, I, I just you know I, we kind of have gone off the rails here. Um, so, but you know what? Before I get to you, Mike, before I get to you, I just want to remind you and remind everybody that the baseball buffet is brought to you by the PHI Apparel Company, and the PHI Apparel Company does give you those unique designs. They've got their baseball stuff out there. They've got their they've got their basketball stuff out there for the NBA playoffs. They've even got some cool. They've got one cool shirt that I like. Uh, it's all the Philadelphia uh, logos, um, spelling P H I L A, which is a pretty cool one out there. So make sure when you go there, you buy that shirt, you buy that sweater, you buy that hat. You use our promo code CHEFS, that's C-H-E-F-S, for 15% off any apparel. Make sure you go to P-H-I-apparel.co. Mike, I really want to hear what you have to say on this pitch clock conversation, uh, pace of play. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer that you look at the statistics, it, no matter what the, the dollars say, you know, you look at the stands. I mean, there's nobody in this Yankees-Tigers game right now. Uh, how do you bring fans into the stands? I say you make it a little bit more football-like and literal. Mike, what say you? No, I agree. I mean, I think you have to keep the game moving, but I also think uh, they're playing around with other rules that I think are important. They're trying to take away this whole all or nothing, you know, three-pointer slam dunk, uh, kind of like home run or strikeout sort of uh, piece to the game as well, right? Um, and so I, I think that, we have to continue to market our stars. These teams have to continue to do promotions and things like that. There have to be incentives because everything's gone up to a point that you have you have to have different promotions and attractions in place almost for the average fan to afford it anymore too. Like that's a whole other story about pricing the fans out. But I think the pitch clock. I think keeping the game moving, and I think uh, you know we'll see what happens when they. Outlaw the shift next year. Exactly what the rule is uh, when it comes to that shift next year, and if that uh, pushes the game along and keeps people on base or whatever else. I mean, I would think that even with people shifting, you could almost, if you're willing to do it, you could hit them out of it, right? But um, I think that the strikeout's nice and the home run is nice, but we've also got to have some action on the base pass. We've got to have some gamesmanship between runners and pitchers. We've got to have, uh, you know, uh, guys like Luis Robert or Springer or guys that can hit for some power and steal some bases and really sort of uh, 
add a different dynamic to the game. I, th- I think we need we need players like that, and we need honestly we need uh, some of these little guys to stop trying to catch lightning in a bottle and think, okay, I can hit twenty five home runs, but it's worth it even if I only hit two forty. Versus if I can make solid contact and hit the ball hard somewhere with my speed. And if we have people on base in front of me, I can make things happen and sort of uh, keep the line moving. I mean, I think we're going to have to have we're going to have to have some of that. You're going to have to have teams that are constructed that way. And I think you're going to see more and more teams uh, more and more teams try to do some of that. I'm not saying the power baseball is going away, but I think that um, especially even with some of these other lower budget teams, but there's still continued to be emphasis out on on base percentage and and contact. And I think you're going to see teams continue to try to, uh, you know, have that be a component for even these uh, people lower down in the order. And if if you can do that, if you can cut down on some of the strikeouts and you can create more traffic on the base pass and do things to keep the game moving, maybe like you said, a little bit more rhythmic, but – if there's more to pay attention to, I think that's going to help the game long term. Now, Sirius, you still with me? Yeah, what's up? Uh-oh. No, so, okay, I have a question for you, right? Because you're, you're down in the D.C. area, but you're a Yankee fan, so I feel like the two teams that, that you probably, you know, see or watch the most are the Yankees, who, you know, have uh, pretty much become, you know, a boomer bust type of team. And I feel like when the Nationals made the decision to go all in on, on the Strasburg-Harper combo, which, you know, we know didn't quite work out. Um, and now we've got, you know, we've got Harper out in Philly, who I, I feel like they don't hear about that much anymore. Um, but, I mean, do you, do you feel like that, that brand? You won MVP last year. No, I, that was, I was poorly placed sarcasm. Uh, I, I, that's really more Mike Trout, the guy who's in that position that uh, that you don't hear about, um, especially in the limelight of Shohei. But but let me ask you: Do you think that brand of power baseball? I mean, will it work? What, is it is it good considering that's probably what you're surrounded with, and we don't see those. You know, I was thinking as Mike was talking about guys like Ichiro and 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 uh, Juan mm-hmm. Pierre and those little guys who can just dunk the guy over over the infield. I mean, well, what's more fun to watch? You know, honestly, I think either or is fun to watch. I, I think what, what Major League Baseball is attempting to do is just put the ball and keep the ball in play. Uh, whether you got a guy who can hit for power or a guy who can just hit for contact, um, I think that, that the biggest issue is the fact that Major League Baseball essentially wants to take out the, 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 the dominant role uh, of a pitcher or a defense. Um, and for me, that was made very, very evident and apparent by them foregoing a ship. I, I, I don't understand how a, a, a defensive alignment that is geared to stop a player from hitting a ball a certain direction is such a major, major, major taboo or such a major, major uh, thorn in the side of owners and, and, and players alike. So I think, honestly, it doesn't really matter whether you're a big, stocky guy like a Mike Trout or or Aaron Judge or you're a contact guy, you know, like an old Ichiro or, or, or Ripken or, you know, or a Suve or, or, you know, whomever. Um, you know, it, 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 it's almost like football, if you will. You know what I'm saying, where – you want offense, you want, you know, you want the fantasy numbers, you want butts in the seats, you want people to become uh, personable, you want to get younger fans uh, to, keep, to, to get eyes on it, you want to get the older fans back, and the best way to get younger fans and get the eyes on the sport is to have more offensive firepower, to make it more marketable, to, 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 to see their favorite player who – who hits, you know, 500, you know, yards, or your favorite player who, you know, can take a a, a hit and go from first to third, you know, on on, on a Wheaties commercial or, you know, selling their favorite product. And you do that with offense. You don't see very many, you know, pitchers 
you know, doing commercials. I mean, maybe unless you're Kershaw or whatever the case may be, but you don't see very many pictures being very, very marked. You don't, you 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 don't hear God talking about my favorite player is, you know, whatever pitcher. You got you got, you got little league world series going up the summer and their favorite players, Jose Altuve and you know Big Poppy and you know all, all the guys that we watched growing up, man. So I I think it's back to the original question. It, it doesn't matter, you know. You want to put questions, see. And, and, and crooked numbers on scoreboards, and you do that by, by keeping the ball in play. I think, I yeah. think though, some of this, uh, and so to your point, I, I think that we're getting into, it's just like, some of this is trying to counteract the fact that, like, listen, pitchers have filthier and filthier stuff now than they have uh, than they've ever had. And you got, you know, back for a long time in the game of baseball, you went, even after we started getting closers, you had your starters and you had your closers, and everybody else other than the occasional setup man, everybody else in the bullpen were guys that weren't quite good enough to start. And that's different now. We have a much more power game. People are, you know, you got 97, 90 eight miles an hour easy coming out of the pen for multiple, multiple arms. It's a different generation of pitching now than it ever was before. And that you even have some people trained as like relief specialists. So I will say this. I, I do think that some of this is designed to uh, cut down on the strikeouts and induce contact. And I think also hitting a round ball with a round bat when that ball is breaking or darting or having a lot of movement or coming at 100 miles an hour or whatever, is one of the absolute hardest things to do in sports. And so if you, it does totally make a difference, whether you're a power guy like in a judge or Stanton versus a contact guy like an Altuve or somebody like that, in that some guys are, are better at hitting to both fields. Some guys find a, a power stroke that really works for them and that's their swing. And if they don't hit the ball out of the park, uh, or if they don't really get a lot of lift on the ball, they can hit a rocket. Um, but mostly everything they hit is still going to go the other way uh, to the to their opposite-handed field, like to their power field. Uh, so right. that right-handed that right-handed hitter, even if he doesn't get lift on something to get the ball out, he's going to a lot of times hit a lot of hard ground balls to that left side of the infield, which is, which is why they stack it over there. And I guess they're trying to do some things to where, you know, sometimes they get rewarded with base hits. I don't think they're completely okay. trying to – go ahead. No, my, 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 my fault. I, I wanted to double click there because, see, that's my problem, though, Mike. Like, at the end of the day, like, okay, so you take the sticky stuff, away from the pitchers. Okay, now, I agree with the majority. You know what? I'm not going to – I think the sticky stuff with, with the baseballs, it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not going to make my bones about that. But, 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 but the fact that Major League Baseball and the players agreed to outlaw a ship when if I am I'm – I'm a statistics guy, okay? I'm I'm mm -hmm. I'm like they I, I I look at the stats okay and if uh, oh, twenty plus eight at bats this guy always tends to hit to this direction I'm gonna set my defense up to stop that I don't understand right. why you know what I'm saying it's now going to be illegal for me to stop you from getting a hit when my job as a defender is to do just that. It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, so I, I want to interject a thought. I, I want to interject a thought here. I actually kind of, I kind of sympathize with what Sirius is saying. However, I also don't have a problem with them outlawing the shift because, for everything that you're saying, Mike, and everything that you kind of hit on a little bit, Dave, it's better for the sport when we have more guys on base and we have more action in the game. And this is something that I, I remember listening to an interview with uh, Theo Epstein after he retired from the Cubs GM spot. And they, they had him on MLB. They had him on a radio show. And they were talking to him after he got into his advisory role with the league. 
And he was talking about how they're looking at ways to try and get more action in the game. And part of that is more action on the base pads. And so they're trying to get away from the home run strikeout, you know, that we've talked about so far for the last pretty much this entire segment. However, so in that regard, I think it's a good thing to to ban the shift to you're going to get more base hits from guys like a Joey Gallo, uh, not so much an Aaron Judge because he's a right-hander hitter. They're not really shifting on him that much, but they do shift on him. Serious, to your point, I like solution that I would love to see teams do is like, if you're going to shift on me, I'm just going to hit it the other way and force you to not do it. Now, as that sounds, right, really, I'm going to, like, you want to shift? Fine, I'm going to hit you out of it. Now, that sounds really simple and really easy. But you're also talking about guys that have been hitting the exact same way for 20 years, 30 years of their life, depending on how long they've been in the league. From the time they were in Little League all the way through high school, all the way through college, all the way through the minor leagues, all the way, you know, however long they've been professionals, they've developed this method of hitting. It's gotten them paid millions of dollars, and now you're asking them all of a sudden to step up, and I'm no longer swinging the big power bat. Now you want me to just flick it the other way, and I have to flick a 98-mile-an-hour slider from a roll to Chapman on the outside corner. I have to poke that the other way. Like, good luck. There's a reason why – you know, Chris Davis couldn't step up to the plate and bunt the ball down the third base line. Part of it is because he's Chris Davis and he's a terrible hitter. The other part of it is that there are guys that just are not good at bunting. They stopped being able to bunt when they were in Little League because they were able to hit it so much harder and farther than everybody. So it's just not – it'd be like asking, you know, to go back to a football analogy, it'd be like asking your right tackle to step under center and then hurl the ball 60 yards downfield to your wide receiver on a on, on a four verts. There are guys that have that so, ability. Oh, there are oh, guys oh, that hold don't. on, hold on, hold on, hold on, mate. I I, I, <laughs> I think that's not quite an apples and, and oranges comparison because we do see that in every oh, right. sport. Of all the sports, football has changed the most over the last 20 years. I think I said that last time we were talking. Football has absolutely changed a dramatic amount in that uh, guys have been cha- forced to change how they tackle. I mean, they literally are changing how they tackle, and they did it. The the cornerbacks have had to completely change how they cover a wide receiver, and they pulled that off. Um, I, I think what you're – the, the only thing I could see maybe being different is forcing uh, a pitcher who's used to throwing – three innings, forcing them to throw a full nine. Uh, I don't think asking a guy to make that kind of adjustment is too crazy. I, I just, I just got to disagree with you on that one. I mean, that that's fine, but going back to what Mike said, putting a round ball on a round bat and making that decision of whether or not to swing at that pitch in the .1 or .2 seconds that you have to decide is this a strike, is this hittable or not, it's really not the easy adjustment that a lot of people that a lot of people think it is. It, it's it's just not like hitting a hitting a baseball is one of the hardest things to do in sports. I appreciate what you're saying about all the other adjustments that like football has their players to make and what hockey has asked their guys to do in terms of uh, hits and checking and all of that stuff. It yeah, those are there are adjustments that players can make. I again I don't have a problem with banning the shift. I would prefer to see teams hit the guys out of the shift, but if I think that we've gotten to a point where we've become so statistic and analytic-driven in baseball that it's not going to happen where the teams are just going to stop shifting. They're going to, they're going to gain any on-field advantage that they can. A lot of these hitters are so established in their ways that they're just going to keep doing it. They're not going to change their approach to get more base hits because just a base hit isn't really getting the contract. At the end of the day, the power is what's going to get them the contract. And so Major League Baseball has to effectively legislate it out of the game. I would, I hate the fact that they're legislating it out. I would prefer that the game just kind of govern itself, but we've reached a point where they won't do it. So if it'll – improve the action in the game, get more base runners on base. I think it's a good thing for the overall health. I would prefer that baseball handle it themselves, but since baseball has flat out said, we're not going to do anything about it in terms of how we play the game. So 
fine. We're going to have to make rule changes. Yep. Let's All right. So, John, I just want to make a quick comment there. There, Because I know you're serious. If I let you go, you'll take up the last five minutes. Uh, but I just want to let everybody know that we are hitting the, uh, hitting the, the five-minute warning just about. So, Sirius, I'm going to let you finish. Uh, and then why don't you pass it over to Mike and then Nate, and then we'll call it a day. But I want to hear, I want to hear your, your wrap-up cool. on this. As usual, we're leaving Let's a bunch see. of stuff on the table, but that's why i got to keep tuning in, fellas. So here's my only issue with what the gentleman just said, okay? If, you know, they want – if the big fly, is going to get the the, 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 the the batter's pay. Hitting into a shift is irrelevant because the shift is designed to take away ground balls and short, shallow stuff. So if Major League Baseball really wants to, quote-unquote, reward those who hit the big fly, the shift is rendered obsolete. You know what I'm saying? So I don't necessarily – understand that particular logic for Major League Baseball. Like, at the end of the day, this sport is just like basketball in the sense that the guy who hits the ball has to therefore now go defend the ball, just like in basketball, unless you're Kevin Durant and you can't defend the backcourt, but that's another conversation for another day. Hey now, hey now. If you make hey hey you know, you, you know I had to say something, right? If you make the basket, you know what I'm saying? You do have to go back on defense and defend the basketball. So I, I don't understand how in baseball they regulated that. But, again, I can keep talking about this for hours. But, Mike, go ahead and do your thing, homie. No, actually, so what I will say is this. It, the, taking away the shift actually still in, encourages the home run because it encourages that right-handed hitter not to try to – way back on the ball or feel like he has to punch it the other way. The difference on whether or not you get lift on a ball to where you can hit it out of the ballpark versus whether it's just a hard ground ball or a line drive that gets past a couple of infielders and ends up being a base hit to left field, a lot of times can be a, a matter of a couple millimeters and just the exact angle or if the ball broke a little bit more. So if you outlaw the shift, you're actually still going to possibly get a few more uh, – base hits to the power side of the field for these batters, and they're not going to have to completely change up their approach as much, and they can still swing hard. Swing hard in case you hit it, and if you don't lift it, I mean, like I said, right now when they're putting three guys over on that other side of the infield, if those guys can move, as long as you don't have like three Robbie Canoes over there, then the odds are pretty good that you're going to be able to record an out. So uh, I actually I, I think taking away the shift does uh, – completely still encourage that power hitter to be able to swing with power because you're not taking away that power field as much like from the, that outfield grass in. All right. I, I, boy, have I got some thoughts, but I want to let Nate go and then I'll close us for the week. All right. Well, I love that we got so in depth on the, on the rule changes and the banning the shift, I actually wanted to touch briefly on another thing, and I guess we'll have to do this on the next show, because, Dave, you mentioned the electronic strike zone, which reminded me of another rule change that's currently in place that I really like, and that's the new pitch comm system where the catchers are signaling and then you have the transmitter oh, coming yeah. out to the pitchers telling them what pitch throw. But we've seen it malfunction in a number of games already early on this year. So for everybody calling for the electronic strike zone, we see what happens when Major League Baseball tries to tinker with technology with this pitch comm. So I think we're – the more we move towards electronic strike zone, I think we're going to end up with a better the devil I know than the devil I don't scenario. But that's a topic probably for our next show. So for my sign-off, I mentioned, to, I mentioned right before we came on air – I've got a couple of trivia questions that I want to throw out there. One of them is really rather obscure, and the other one I think we might actually get, and it's a little more topical. Give, give so, us one of them, Nate. All right, you can get one of them. The Orioles scored in the first inning tonight. They are currently up one nothing on the Oakland Athletics. This was the first run that the Orioles have scored in the first inning so far this year after 11 games. Do you know what team holds the major league record for longest – games without scoring in the first inning of a baseball game. All right, and listen, Nate, for the answer for that one, I think you should have us 
Uh, I'll look at our Twitter, which would be at Sports City Chefs on Twitter. Uh, we'll post that on the social. Uh, we are out of time, um, but I have said enough for yep. a lifetime. And for the last time, I wish you all a very pleasant, good afternoon. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon, they well in tune, blown like a flower in June, Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom, so tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again, pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.